the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now, it's the Rob Black Podcast. You can hear Rob live every weekday morning from 10 to noon on 910 AM and talk910.com. And now, Rob Black and your money. Call Rob, 1-800-345-5639. Here's Rob Black on 910 AM. More stimulating talk. It's the Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. It's Friday. It feels good to be at a Friday. I know you're saying, man, you tend to, to moan and groan. It was a holiday-shortened week. Yes, it was. It's not so good to be Wall Street today. Yet again, June has kind of got a gloom going on it. I'm sticking by my guns. I'm going to say it again. This market goes nowhere until we get Europe put in a box. Until we get BP put in a box or the oil spill boxed. And until we figure out a little bit more on China. China today did something that I don't like. it. As an investor, as a person who has a heart, as a person who understands the pain of suffering, I like it. So they're raising minimum wage. I get it, I get it, I get it, I get it. I know you're saying you're becoming soft, Mr. Black, and I feel that I might be becoming soft. Let's start the show, and first and foremost, I've got a good show for you today. I'm actually stunned that this is my show. I've got free donut day, free donut day today at Krispy Kreme or Dunkin' Donuts, so go get a free donut day. I'll talk a little bit about that, um, the oddness that is free donut day. I've got an odd set of statistics that uh, is tied towards our higher education system in the state of California. I've got some tech talk with Yelp, Yelp, who you probably have used more than once in your life to check uh, restaurant reviews. They're making a relationship with Open Table. And what else do I got? Hmm. Stocks. Stocks, 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 and investing, investing, investing. So I got a good show planned for you today. Let's take a look at the opening bell and where Wall Street is. Right now, the Dow's down 231. Whoa. Sitting at 10,000. NASDAQ down 49. S&P 500 down 24. It's down about 2%. That's a big move. Keep in mind when I was a little boy and I sat on my daddy's lap. I said, Daddy, how the market do today? He'd go down three or four points. It was never down 200 points, unless it was like a god-awful time. It was never down 2%. It's pretty common in this day and age. So the economy adds 431,000 jobs, but very few jobs in the private sector. We thought this was going to be the employment report that we dug, in large part because we knew that there was going to be a lot of government work tied towards it. We knew that there was a lot of census people going out there knocking on doors. So we thought that we were going to see unemployment go the right direction. But the Labor Department's jobs report showing a 431,000 jobs created last month, less than expected, all things considering. As hiring statistics from private companies continue to decline, the government of the United States is making up for the difference. Fox News senior business correspondent Brenda Butner has more. 
private companies hiring at the slowest pace since the start of the year. It was mainly a big surge in census hiring by the government, some 411,000 jobs that lifted payrolls by 431,000 last month. Private employers slowed their job creation sharply, the fewest since January. Yes, the unemployment rate did dip to 9.7% from 9.9, but that was mainly because many jobless just gave up searching for work. Brenda Butner, Fox News Radio. Brenda Butner. She's got voice like butter. Elsewhere today, it's working somewhat. BP's cap on the gusher in the Gulf containing some oil. Florida Beach now has been blackened, adding to all the goop washing ashore in Louisiana. Fox News Radio's Brown. Evan Brown's got more from Miami. It's not getting all the spilling oil, but some, says the Coast Guard's Admiral Thad Allen. But I think they're up to around 1,000 barrels a day right now and slowly closing the vents and increasing the flow of the oil up to see how much they can produce. It will still be some time before they know how much they're able to siphon off, though they admit it won't be all of it. Meanwhile, Floridians near Pensacola have been dodging oily tar balls washing ashore. They're finding them every foot or so in some areas. In Miami, Eben Brown, Fox News Radio. We're starting to see a lot of suffering from the animal life come out of the Gulf. We're starting to see pelicans and birds and fish covered in gooey slime. And it's heartbreaking. I think that's the um, social person in me speaking. I don't like to see animals suffer. I love to eat meat, but I don't like to see animals suffer. And I know there's a contradiction there that's pretty obvious. But um, you don't ever want to see your child suffer, you know, when they're teething or when they're vomiting and they don't know exactly how to communicate it. It's it's heartbreaking to be a parent. But on top of that, to see animals suffer, it's no fun. And to see uh you know the, the cruel ramifications of what happens in our world sometimes it sucks. But anyway, let's get hit those numbers a little bit more and for for the record, there's some good things happening out there. Okay? Companies like Apple and Google are showing some relative strength. So I don't want you to get too bogged down in like, oh no, the stock market's going down. I want you to focus on your portfolio. How's it doing? Is it the right portfolio? Is it what you want in a good economy and a bad economy? Is it what you want in a good economy or a good stock market and bad stock market? So some of the data that's coming out this week um, in the employment numbers, unemployment, it's 9.7%. Analysts expected 9.8% for the United States. Hourly earnings uh, up three-tenths of a percent versus expectations of one-tenth of a percent. So there was some good news in here, but overall hiring looks soft. Soft. We could use a something to strengthen that up. It does raise red flags that businesses are still pretty cautious. Job growth is going to be anemic. On one hand, it shows you that you know corporate America is not ready to hire. This jobless recovery, we've talked about it before. It's not a surprise. In all recessions, there's a jobless recovery where employment you know, lags profits. So high unemployment imposes heavy costs on workers and their families and on society overall. Hewlett-Packard from Palo Alto said they're going to slash about 3,000 jobs over the coming years. Citigroup is going to close 376 branches and reduce as many as 720 jobs in the United States and Canada. So again, you know, just kind of a pullback and a tightening of the belt. Average work week for Americans rose to 34.2 hours, up from 34.1. Sometimes it seems to me like I work you know, 34 hours in a day. I know you're saying don't be ridiculous, but sometimes it feels that way. Elsewhere, the so-called underemployment rate, which includes part-time workers who would prefer a full-time position, 
and people who want to work but have given up, that decreased about 16.6% from 17.1%. And that's not necessarily a good thing. That type of decrease could tell you that the people are just falling off the employment, just falling off the grid. They're no longer employable. They've lost confidence. So there's also news out there today on the, not just the employment situation, but hungry. Potential default tipping the scales into the red. So Europe having another potential problem. Now, Hungary's had problems before. So this isn't a huge surprise. A couple years ago, they got bailed out. European Boris is headed lower, though, after Hungary's prime minister said default talk is not an exaggeration. Now, Hungary is a Baltic nation. It's part of the European Union, but not part of the Eurozone. They received a bailout last year. Now, the markets are digesting the euro at 1.2, and that's the lowest level since April of 2006. And again, it's not the lowest level of all time. It's not god-awful. It's not the worst thing you've ever seen in your life. Uh, We're still looking at BP, and we're still going, whoa, what's happening there? When does this economic disaster stop? And it is an economic disaster. If you think about how many Americans' lives are going to be ruined, how many fishermen lose their, their boats, how many homes get lost, how many homes have to get bailed out, situations along those lines. That's not a good economy when you know BP or the United States government's writing the checks. It's, it's a good economy when they're writing their own checks. So U.S. Steel got removed from Goldman Sachs conviction list today. Alcatel, Lucent, and Ericsson were added to UBS's short-term buy, i.e. these were weak companies. They're pathetic, and they've been overlooked. So that's the type of market we're looking at right now. We're trying to take advantage, trying to find something to say there's some value here. And that's why Apple and Google are doing well today, all things considered. Coming up, I'm going to talk China ants. China ants. What are China ants? Chinese ants? No, no, China ants. Plus, i got Paul Goldman from the National Endowment for Financial Education. He's going to discuss high school grads and money. College grads and money, job market for new grads. Today I was getting a little lagged, a little late to work because Carmont High School graduation going on today at 10 a.m. Congratulations to the high school graduates. You have a crappy job market that you're going into or an expensive college failing system with fewer teachers. Congratulations. The world is ahead of you. The world is your oyster. It's Rob Black and your money, 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. Rob Black and your money. is Rob Black and your money on 910 AM. More stimulating talk. And now, Rob Black. 800-345-5639 to get your calls there. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. There's a company called Foxconn. And they make iPhones and they make the iPad. They make iPods. They make goods for Dell. They make goods for HP. They make good for goods for a lot of electronics companies that we love and consume. I love my iPod. Love it. I make out with it every night. It's that kind of intimate of a relationship. I know that it's made in China, and I know that Steve Jobs is a cutthroat jerk. I know that. He's a businessman. He wants to sell something that's got $200 of parts for $300, and he doesn't want a lot of labor to be part of that, you know, $200. He's pretty hardcore. He wants the best ingredients inside of his phones and his, his equipment. But this comes at a cost. Now, we know this cost. We've seen it with Nike. We've seen it with Kathy Lee Gifford and how she had a line of clothing that was being manufactured by children. And here she is. I love the world and save the children. 
her very own goods were being manufactured. And Nike got into problems and companies and Mattel got into problems with lead paint in China. Let's talk a little bit about China, because I, I think it's it's worth a social discussion. It's worth asking you what your opinion is. Millions are graduating each year from college in China, and there's fewer and fewer jobs. China's got what's called central planners. And one of the things that they're fearful of is they've been sending kids to college. And they're creating a class of professionals that's starting to backfire because they're starting to get educated. Ultimately, three million jobless or underemployed college graduates in China this year. That's a lot. They're nicknamed the Ant Tribe. The Ant Tribe. After a recent book that, you know, documented their struggles. So, and again, there's young people who have grown restless with Chinese government. And they represent a pain and confusion of a whole generation, as well as pain and confusion of a whole nation. When all their anger and grievances reach a point, we could see something big. We could see something big. The ants story in China started back about a decade ago. Chinese government launched a plan to basically boost enrollment in college by 30%. They want it to create smarter students because smarter students create higher paying jobs. Now, the country's factories were suffering from the Asian financial crisis back in 1998 to 1999. Planners believed that the rise in college rolls would help China transition from an export-driven economy to a more balanced one populated by upwardly mobile white-collar workers. The problem with China is right now they don't have a lot of those upwardly mobile white-collar workers. Undergraduate enrollment quintupled to 20 million students by 2008. Um, last year, 6.1 million Chinese earned diplomas, up from 1 million in 1999. But these jobs are factory jobs. And this ties into what we're talking about with Foxconn. Foxconn is a Chinese maker of iPhones and iPads, and they've recently seen a rash of suicides. It's in the news. CEO of the company is a guy named Terry Gu, and he had no idea why so many of his employees are killing themselves. He's the founder and chairman of Foxconn, the world's largest contract manufacturer. Like I said, they make iPods and iPads and stuff for Dell and all sorts of other gadget companies around the world. So far this year, 10 Foxconn workers have committed suicide, and the CEO can't understand it. He says, I don't have a grasp on it. And if you ask around the workers, they'll say, you know, conditions are awful. My life is meaningless. Um, Conversation on the production line is forbidden. Bathroom breaks are 10 minutes every two hours, and workers get yelled at on a regular basis. No one's disputing that Foxconn, once was known as Han Hai, they've cultivated a culture of getting stuff done. Apple, Dell, Microsoft have turned this once obscure company into a wildly profitable juggernaut. And it's all tied towards the prices. The prices are lower, and the work quality is high. When you pick up an iPod, you don't go, this is a piece of crap. You go, this is a pretty good, solid piece of product. Last year, income jumped 37%. That's a stunning move. As Steve Jobs says, we're all over this. They're looking into the working conditions. He says, we've called the suicides at Foxconn troubling. Now, what do you do in a situation like this? You know, the public outcry in the early 1990s over Nike that sent you know cameras into the, the factories, the, the toy makers in 2007. CEOs of the American company said, you know what, we'll, we'll bring cameras over there and we'll basically say, China, we're watching you. Stop it. Stop treating people badly. We want the cheap costs. Rob wants the cheap iPod. He doesn't want to pay $500 for a $300 iPod. 
But at the same time, it's a weird balancing ad. Right now, there's not even enough iPads out there to just satisfy demand. So if Apple does the right thing and says, you know, we're going to cut Foxconn, there's going to be a longer line for Apple stock, for Apple uh, computers and Apple iPads, and their stocks are going to get hit. So it is a damnation game. So Foxconn, that's the big company that everyone's killing themselves at. They got a hospital, they got restaurants, but they also have d- dormitories. Ten people live in a room. They bring in counselors for their workers because they typically bring them from the farm and they've never seen anything like a city. So they're taking steps, they say. They've installed netting around stairwells. I know you're saying, I don't know if I really want to work in a place that has netting around stairwells. Um, If you're a high-end worker, you make about $293 a month. If you're a low-end worker, you make about $100. And the same quote keeps coming out day over day. I do the same thing every day. I have no future. So this is a reminder to us that capitalism has a huge and ugly cost. Low-cost manufacturing that, you know, the U.S. tech companies demand has a cost to it. And uh, today, Beijing's trying to, you know, get in front of the, the press releases, and they're raising minimum wage by 20%. So today, in my mind, China became a little less attractive to invest in. I know you're saying that's a horrible thing to say, Rob. They're raising minimum wage. They're doing the right thing. They're trying to say, you know, let's curb our growth. Let's, let's make sure, you know, this headline doesn't get out of control so we don't look like a, a dictatorship country. But it's a little less attractive to me today. And I know you're saying, Rob, you're a jerk. No, 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 I'm not. Because, again, I feel bad for the families. And, I, again, would I, would I not buy an iPod? I, I, could, I could get myself up to the point of boycotting iPods and Apple products. I can get my point until Steve Jobs visits the factories. I can, I can get it, you know? Where do you stand on this? Are you ever going to sacrifice anything for your quality of life? Would you actually put your money where your mouth is? Now, again, I'm saying China's become a little less attractive, but it's still pretty darn attractive as far as the country goes. They have all sorts of problems. They don't have a white-collar economy. they got a blue-collar economy. So that's problematic. Problematic. How do you feel about suicides? How do you feel about factory worker conditions? Because oftentimes I'll joke and I'll say, you know, I love my Nikes. And if they have to hire a little four-year-old Malaysian boy to put the laces through because his hands are the right size, perfect. At least he has a job. You know, there's 10% of Americans don't have jobs, and, and they, they would love to have his job in Malaysia. And, of course, that's a joke. It's sarcasm. A lot of people don't get my sarcasm or my cynicism, but that's because sometimes media doesn't translate it terribly well. Anyhow, anyway, I'm going to get you to retirement, I promise. Let's go to John in Mill Valley, 800-345-5639. John, how are you? Hi. Am I on? Yep. Okay. Are you familiar with Douglas Andrews' book, uh, Missed Fortune? No. Tell me about it. Oh, it's a... Uh... Let's see, it's a scheme where you uh, take uh, as much of a mortgage on your house as you can, uh, and then you take money out of your 401k, and you offset... Yeah, awful idea. (laughs) So we don't even need to go any further than that, John. Basically, what you're talking about is a guy who is an insurance salesperson... Yeah, right. ...who's trying to get you to do insurance product with his stupid lame brain idea. Yeah. Yeah, I heard you talking about that kind of scenario on the air the other day. That's why I'm calling. And it's Vanity Press. So basically, no publisher in their right mind is going to go, ooh, this is a great idea. What it is, it's this guy's an insurance guy, and he'll throw seminars and steak dinners and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And while you're at it, he'll give you the copy of the book, and you go, ooh, he's written a book. He must be smart. Um, When in reality, what he is is trying to get you to take a, a mortgage on your house, 
which let's say you take out a $500,000 mortgage, you put it into his annuity insurance crap product, and what did he just make? He just made $45,000. Well, but his scheme is, and then you take money out of your pension plan, and you're paying taxes on that, but you're offsetting that because you're uh, getting a tax write-off on your uh, mortgage interest. Yeah. And then you, you put it into the insurance uh, product, and you, then... You totally see this as financial engineering, don't you? Yes. And you totally see him as an insurance salesperson who's who's got a vanity press book that he touts as like, hey, I'm an author. Okay. And it, it's just misleading people. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that our attorney general should crack down on. Yeah. So. Okay. Thank you very much. Thanks for the call, John. Okay. Bye. Your home is a slow, patient investment. Taking money out of it, hey, there's nothing wrong with that. Putting it into an insurance product, that's criminal. That's friggin' criminal. On top of that, some of the other issues that you see out there, taking money out of a 401k, like, you'll hear commercials on this own station, like, hey, the stock market's done nothing for the last 10 years. That's not true. If you've been in a diversified portfolio, you've done damn well. Now, if you've been in one market, maybe the Dow, or maybe the S&P 500, or maybe the NASDAQ, or maybe you've done, you know, you could be hit or miss on 5, 10, 15 years, whatever. But if you've been diversified and you've had some value stocks and some international stocks, you've done damn well. So if you've been diversified and you had some bonds, you've done great. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639. Don't believe anything you hear in financial media. Nothing. I'm only your second opinion. I've established myself for 15 years doing this, and I feel good about it. But at the same time, believe nothing. Trust no one, said the snake in the jungle book. Paul Golden, coming up. National Endowment for Financial Education. We're going to talk about high school and college graduates and what their their role looks like in the future in the economy. It's Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on 910 AM. More stimulating talk. Three four five five six three nine. It's Rob Black in your money. Don't be shy with your phone calls. It's Rob Black in your money. Eight hundred three four five five six three nine. Joining me now though is Paul Golden from the National Endowment for Financial Education. Paul, I was driving into work today, and sure enough, I hit traffic tied towards a high school graduation. It's that time of year. It is that time of year. Yeah, I. I, I was just happy to see that the, the lights, you know, for the uh, school zones were not flashing anymore. But then, yeah, you have all this traffic right now for all the graduation parties and ceremonies and everything going on. It's crazy. So it's that time of year. And, you know, graduates is a, a, definitely a segment of the audience that we focus on because, you know, for, for younger kids, whether you're going to college or, or going into the workforce or, or maybe not even finishing high school and uh, just settling for the GED, there there's one thing that you have to know, and that's how to manage your money, and that's really what our foundation's focused on. I don't think I had any clue coming out of high school how to manage money. It certainly wasn't taught in my high school. My dad was a poor example. He was a military man with high credit card debt, which military, they don't pay you private sector money. They have high credit card debt. wasn't the best. I didn't really learn until during college how to handle money, Paul. Yeah, I didn't either, um, and and I don't know if that's one of those taboo subjects that parents won't approach. It's like... You know, we'll talk to our kids about the dangers of drugs and sex and drinking because we want our kids to be safe. But we, we have to add money into that because that's a critical life skill that we have to develop. And, and I think it's very important for parents to know that they are the top influencer when it comes to determining how their kids will manage their own money. They'll watch what their parents do. And, and whether parents realize that or not, 
you know, they're either going to adapt positive behaviors or negative behaviors. I mean, when I grew up, it was the same thing. I had no idea how much my parents made. I had no idea what the bills were like. And, and I'm not saying that you have to get into that details with your kids, telling them, hey, you know, dad brings home this much after taxes. But the idea is, as income comes in, we have a budget, we have a spending plan that we follow, and we allocate toward our goals. And, and that's a very important thing to do right now, because I think the concept of, uh, of money, that, you know, there's, it's less tangible, you know what I mean? So, sure. like, our, our paychecks are automatically deposited. We go to ATMs. Our young kids see us put a card in there, and money spits out. They see us tap our card for the, you know, the pay purchases, and, and there's just no concept of money coming in and how it goes out. So I think it's very important to talk to your kids. I think you're right. Our parents, or my parents, I'll speak for my parents, sent us some confusing messages. And, um, for instance, we weren't ever allowed to have drugs in our family. Good message until after we finished our vegetables. Bad message. <laughs> so, um, But no, no. How should parents handle talking about money to kids? Because at, at what age? At, at, it, it can, you know, I'll tell you, Rob, it can start really early. Um, we have, I mean, we target programs toward different age groups, and we've okay. done some stuff for parents to talk to really young children. I mean, even as young as toddler age, there are certain concepts that children can begin to understand, and it's things like needs versus wants, uh, very, very fundamental topics when it comes to personal finance. And we, when we hear personal finance, we get just really this high ceiling above us, and we think investor education and, and you know, uh, stocks and insurance and all this stuff. And it doesn't have to be that. I mean, there's these real fundamental building blocks, and, and it starts with these, you know, the the time value of money and saving over, you know, this long term and needs versus wants and having a spending plan. And you can really start with young kids at an early age and do that. But we um, we target most of our curriculum. I mean, one of our centerpiece activities is working for high school students, uh, because that's a really critical age. That's right before they're getting out into the real world and exercising that independence. The financial independence is part of that. And, and um, you know, that's really where you want to hit kids on, on uh, you know, kind of all the big topics that they need to have. My parents did a good thing. They uh, would help us buy a car, no problem. But they would make us pay for our own insurance on a monthly basis. Um, that was really probably the first real lesson that I learned about money was, was car insurance. What, what are some other areas where you can kind of stick it to the kids and, and let them learn, not tough love, but, you know, the realities of it. Yeah, I think if parents don't talk to kids, what's what's going to happen is they're going to go out and they're going to learn by the school of hard knocks. And, and that's one of the things that I had to do, and it wasn't the, the easiest learning lessons ever. But, um, you know, before it's the things with cars, uh, it, it can start with an allowance. An allowance is a, an incredible True. tool because what that does is that gives the child income that comes in. It's, if you can do it on a consistent, accountable basis, um, the child knows that I got this much coming in on this date, and then they can make plans. You know, so basically giving them any sort of income that they can manage is, is going to be an effective tool. Uh, you know, when you get into older age children, you know, the things like the car, and I think allowing your kids to have some sort of responsibility in those things. You know, not just buying your your car for the kids and giving them the keys and say, okay, insurance is everything is taken care of. I mean, it's good for the kids to have some sort of stake in it too, because that's when they need to understand is when they're still kind of in your nest, so to speak. Speaking with Paul Goldman from the National Endowment for Financial Education, we're talking about graduates and money. Um, give me some specifics, or is there is there some website that I can go to to get more specifics for various age groups, Paul? Um, yeah, know. we actually target, like I said, we target a lot of our programs for different age groups. So any of your uh, listeners out there, parents uh, of young kids and middle-aged kids and kids graduating high school and going on to college, a great website would be smartaboutmoney.org. This is, um, it's, it's, 
a non-commercial, completely uh, non-profit website. Every resource out there is for free. There's a lot of downloadable worksheets and tools and calculators that will help kind of, you know, with everything from buying a car to saving for money to establishing a budget, no matter what income you're bringing in. So it's a, it's a good place to start. And I'm at the website right now, and they've got things like economic survival. I'm types. glad it's up. That yeah. would have been embarrassing. Yeah, it would have been embarrassing. And again, just so people know, it's smartaboutmoney.org. Um, Paul, one of the things that where I learned pretty hardcore was that transition from high school, it became much more hardcore in college when you had to pay for books, when you had to you know, decide, is it a pizza in the dorm room or is it do- or dorm room food? Uh, what, what are some of the things to expect coming into college? Well, there's a lot. And, and you know, we, we focus on these teachable moments, and that's the best thing that parents can know is that you want to hit your kids at a time when they're really going to be listening to what you're saying, and this is a perfect time because we've got all these high school graduations and ceremonies and parties and everything going on right now. When that dust settles and these kids are going off to college, or even if they're going off into the workforce, you have this really short period of time to talk with them and help them get established from everything from bank accounts to, you know, moving into that dorm. And so it's going to start with you know, setting up the bank accounts, having an emergency savings for your kids, talking to them about credit cards. We have the Card Act legislation that happened last year, which is, which is going to change some of the ways that um, kids actually have access to credit cards. Um, with, with things like books, I mean, that's a huge cost. Everyone thinks about college and they think about tuitions, but um, books and, and supplies like that, I mean, books can easily exceed 100 bucks a piece. Um, a lot of kids get caught up in, in transforming their dorm room into something very cool. You know, these big box stores are out there marketing all these really nice coordinated bedroom sets. And, sure. you know, that's very attractive to all the kids. And, and same thing with technology. You know, they want to go off to college with the Xboxes and the latest iPods and MP3s and iPads and blah, blah, blah. Well, that's easy so I, I think it's really important right now to, to focus in on what exactly you're – kid needs to be successful in school, you know, it's like you're going to need a laptop, it's going to have to have this capability, you're going to need these books, you want to get on it early because you don't want to have to buy new books, you want to buy them used or you want to rent them, there's a lot of websites you can go to where you can actually, you know, um, look ahead of time, so if you can get your your syllabus, your course syllabus and understand what your book requirements are, you can get on that now and you really should get on it now because time's ticking. Thanks for joining me, Paul. Yeah, no problem. It's Paul Goldman or Paul Golden. From the National Endowment for Financial Education, you can find out more. Let me give out some websites. If you've got a kid in high school, you got a kid in college, there's some good websites out there. Smartaboutmoney.org, smartaboutmoney.org, spinster.org, that's S-P-E-N-D-S-T-E-R. So think monster, but put the word spend in it, spinster.org. And his website is nefe.org, N-E-F-E, which stands for National Endowment for Financial Education, so nefe.org smartaboutmoney.org. If you get your kids prepped with money, that's going to go a long way in their life. If you get them prepped with sex, that's going to go a long way in their life. If you get them prepped with drugs, it's going to help them go a long way in life. It's your parent. It's your job as a parent. I hate to say it. You ignore it, you're going to ruin your kid's life. It's Rob Black and your money. 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. Take a break here. Be right back. We'll get you a little uh, stock market update as well as some, some, some technology talk as well. Your love gives me such a thrill But your love won't pay my bills I want money You're listening to Rob Black and your money on 910 AM More stimulating talk Hey everybody, it's me, Rob Black 
Do me a favor when you call. Don't say that you love the show. Get straight to your question. You got an air chair. Get to it. So I know that you love me, or if you hate me, that's cool too. If you want to agree with me, just say, you know, I think your point on China's right on. You don't have to, to butter me up in any way, shape, or form. You don't have to be nice to me. It's a bad phone call when you do. There's something called people meters in radio, and I'm not technically supposed to talk about this, but bad phone calls equals bad people meters. So get to the point, ladies and gentlemen. 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. I want to do a little bit of tech talk here, and I'm writing a proposal for the radio show to try to sell it. That's all I'm going to say. And one of the things that I'm trying to do in tech talk is, and I have to figure this out, is is it a stock question or is it a digital lifestyle question? I think it's more of a digital lifestyle question of what is tech talk, but it does blend the investment angles as well, because certainly there are investment angles for sure. You know, let's do a little bit of tech talk. And I'll, I'll do it for, for Heidi. Domo arigato, Mr. Roboto. Domo. Domo. Or we could do this one. Uh, video killed the DJ? Video killed the radio star. Or what we could do is Mexican radio. How about Mexican radio? I know you're saying that has nothing to do with technology. Anti-technology. Of Mexican radio. I want me some Mexican radio. Anyway, let's talk a little tech. Get this. AOL is moving higher today. It's a publicly traded company. There's a rumor going around that Microsoft is eventually going to buy AOL. You know what? It kind of makes sense. AOL is going to go away. Next up in the world of technology and digital lifestyle, Yelp. You know Yelp. I know uh, I knew a friend of mine who did a lot of the design work, and uh, she was you know heavily heavily involved in helping Yelp get opinions. And Yelp could be things like you know Rob Black, and it, people from San Francisco will go to Yelp dot com, and they'll hit San Francisco, and they'll go, oh, there's this great radio show Rob Black, or oh, there's this horrible radio show Rob Black, or it could be restaurants where you basically put up you know user generated feedback, or it could be a doctor. For instance, let's say you want to go to a chiropractor in San Francisco, you can hit chiropractors and let's say there's someone that like is in your neighborhood his, his name is dr crackybacky and at dr crackybacky he's got nine negative reviews and one positive review probably don't want to go to him is the idea but anyway today in tech news yelp user generated review site an open table restaurant reservation site they announced that they're going to integrate into each other and allow yelp to make a restaurant reservation directly from a Yelp.com review page. So you're not going to have to go to OpenTable. You're not going to have to have an OpenTable relationship or account. Now, OpenTable is kind of neat because they offer dining reward points. And you could basically, let's say you want to go to Michael Minnows. Let's say you want to go to Michael Minnows for dinner. And it's it's booked, it's booked, it's booked, it's booked, it's booked. You could actually hit, when's it, for, when's it not freaking fragging booked? And you can actually make your reservation in four or five weeks from now. You can go impress your wife or your, your sugar booger or whoever it is and go to Michael Minnows. So OpenTable is an online reservation site, and they give points. And you get 2,000 points, and you get a $20 open table dining check. Now, Rob Black likes free things. Um, and again, when I speak of myself in third person, I love myself. So Rob Black likes freebies. And OpenTable is one of those things that it's, it's, it's damn convenient. And I like it. And adding in Yelp, it makes a ton of sense. 
And next up, there's two guys in, in technology that I dig. The guys who founded diapers.com. And what they did with diapers.com, it's named Vincent Barrara and Mark Lore. They basically came up with this concept of diapers. Let's deliver them and let's deliver them overnight. $182 million worth of diapers they sold last year. They're expected to reach $300 million this year. Any friend of mine who's pregnant, I say, go to diapers.com. It's like that kind of good of a service. They, they, they lose money on the diapers. They make money on the rattles. They make money on the food. They make money elsewhere. So they have a, a loss leader. So it, it's, if you're a parent, you know diapers are expensive. So what? get this. The founders of diapers.com, they're going to start a new website. And it, you're not going to believe this. Soap.com. Soap.com. And what are they going to sell at soap.com? Toiletries. Now, soap is a $125 billion market with $8 billion online, $125 billion offline. And what these two guys did that it did incredibly well was they made warehouses. And most orders arrive overnight. And one of the ways that they do this is they have robots. I know you're saying, that's tech talk. Now we're talking. And the robot will grab the box that's about the appropriate size for the products and run around the, the, the store, the warehouse, and, and load everything up for you. Not people, robots. Now, a lot of the online delivery companies failed in the 1990s and early 2000s, like Pets.com and WebVam, because they tried to do too much. They're shipping big, cumbersome items. But shampoo, toilet paper, laundry detergent, things that are found in the drugstore, and I hate going to the drugstore. Every time I go into CVS, it's like watching America's Most Wanted, just roaming up and down the aisles. It creeps me out. So that's where you're going to find, like... um, Lindbergh's Missing Children and things like that. Like, they're going to be at CVS. I don't like going into CVSs. And I, if I can get my toilet paper, my shampoo, and my detergent elsewhere, I will. So robots, it, I don't know. I just think that's cool tech talk in my world. And, uh, again, hopefully you can take advantage of that and use soap.com and diapers.com. 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. Let's go to Vincent in Walnut Creek. Vincent? Hey, Rob. What's shaking, dude? Not too much shaking. Now, again, get to your question. You, uh, I got a question. Ticker symbol C Med. Okay. Um, stock you own or stock you're looking to own? Looking to own. Okay. Now China's getting a little heat right now because they're raising minimum wage. China's getting a little heat right now from the Wall Street community because they're um, doing some anti-growth things. They're they're trying to figure out is inflation bad and do we want to stop it or do we want to continue to show the world that we this great economy that consumers can get it all done as well as we can manufacture whatever you want. So China Medical Technologies ticker symbol C M E D C M E D. It's a, a tiny company, so it's a small cap company. First and foremost, you just got to know that, right? Right. So it's going to probably be the riskiest stock you own, and you got to know that and. One of the things that you do to become a successful investor is you identify yourself pretty upfront. You know stocks that you would buy if they are going to drop 10%. You know stocks that you want to own for the rest of your life. Things along those lines. You figure that out. You do very well on Wall Street. So China yeah. Met. Okay, go ahead. No, it's just look. This is going to be kind of like my lottery ticket stock. Everything else I have is kind of like along the lines of the advice you give um, on okay. my 401k stuff. The stock's at a 52-week low. So there's no no rush to buy it, right? Right. So you look at the chart and you go, in the last 52 weeks, if I bought it at any point in time, it's down. If you look at it the last two years, it's gone from 50 to 10. Something's wrong here. Now, the fact that they got the name China in their ticker symbol or in their, their corporate name, China Med uh, Technologies, that's probably the only good thing going for it right now. It's got no PE. It's not earning money. So... You have to say to yourself at some point in time, Vincent, I'm investing in 
um, a lemonade stand that's that's losing money. They're selling lemonade, but they're losing money. So it, the same idea here is is you have to know you're basically hoping for a turnaround. So that's the first thing. You know it's small. You know it's risky. You know that it's a stinker stock for one year. You know that it's a stinker stock for two years. Uh, a little bit more on the company, and thanks for the call. They've got a therapy system which treats solid tumor cancers, okay, and benign tumors using ultrasound waves to raise the temperature of the targeted tumor tissue. The system is primarily used to treat liver, breast, and kidney cancers, along with tumors in the arms and legs and superficial tissues. It's got a a diagnostic system which is used to detect thyroid disorders, diabetes, reproductive disorders, SARS, and tumor markets. They operate through a subsidiary called Yidime Beijing, and they offer reagent kits for use with the ECLIA system. They are out of Beijing. You want to hear funny? I couldn't find Beijing on a map. That's important to know. That's important to note because as an investor, you have to know some things are a little bit ahead of you. Um, they're competing with companies like Abbott Laboratories and Bayer. Demand is driven by population demographics and advances in medical knowledge and technology. Um, I can't find any financials on the company. So for a company like China Med, to me, I'm blind. It's There's a show on ABC or one of the, the networks this summer called Dating in the Dark. And what they basically do is they put a guy and a woman in a room, in a dark room. They talk to each other. They may hold hands. They may fondle each other. But you have to decide, do you want to see this person in light before, you know, you have to commit to a date before they turn on the lights. Now, it's a pretty funny concept. I don't mind watching it. I don't mind giggling. I don't mind going, oh, that girl's a horsey. You know, she probably stomps her age out. But I don't want to do that with investing. I can't find the financials on this company. There's some teeny tiny ancillary financials offered, but I can't find last year's taxes. And that bugs me a little bit. Now, let's talk a little bit about what the Wall Street community sees on this company. Uh, recently, they reported revenue of $25 million versus expectations of $30 million. They issued downside guidance for 2010. Downside guidance, that's another flag you have to know. Why not wait, Vince, until they have some upside guidance? Now, again, you may not hit a home run, but you may be able to get a double or single versus continuing to strike out. Uh, for 2010, the company estimates the target quarterly non-GAAP income, non-general counting. Now, that's another thing I don't. I like generally accepting countable principles. I like those. That's not a bad thing to say. Like, I want a woman with 32 teeth. I want a woman with typically non-normal teeth, you know? same concept, like you're starting to say, yeah, I don't mind that they don't have generally accepted accounting. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I'm willing to overlook that. Now, they've received some approvals, and maybe it's a home run. I would continue to wait. Um, I, I see no rush here. It's a Chinese company. When when it moves, it may go back to 50 or 60 for you. But at $10 a share and continually going lower, to me, conventional wisdom says, wait, you're in no rush. Uh, put it on your flag. Put it on your systems. Keep an eyeball on it. But uh, to me, there's just not enough financials for me to feel wildly comfortable with. And again, new fi- well, today it's up 20%. Whoa. Um, let's see if I can find any news on that. I don't think I can, unfortunately. Um, so it's gone from 10 to 12 today. So try to get whatever you can out of it. Try to get whatever you can out of it as far as fundamental information. But Again, it's been a pretty big stinker for quite a while. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. 
Looks like they're coming out with earnings today. It's Rob Black and your money, 910 AM, right around the corner. Headline news. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.